Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Study halls, SATs, liberal arts, student loans, layoffs, bailouts, broken dreams. This is not our future. Hi, Tim. Hello, Guy. It's uh, one of life's great pleasures to see you. We mm-hmm. have not been spending so much time together recently, and the thing that has united us, appropriately, I would argue, is um, a celebration of friendship itself. Yes. That seems cryptic in a way. <laughs> no, I'm just trying to game out. It, it sounds like you're sort of headed to somewhere, a little bit hidden, a little bit secret. I was trying to pass what? the clues. You know what? It's been so long. I'm sort of, I do feel kind of coy and shy towards yeah, you. Yeah. I'm very happy right. to see you. You look very handsome. Thank you. So do you. Oh, my God. Let me you say this, though. Say that. Can I give you a heads up? Yeah. Did you say, I never say that. Oh, you didn't need to say that. Oh, gotcha. Um, okay. Just some context for what you're about to hear. I just had dinner, and that dinner entailed me trying to cook chicken too quickly, and I didn't realize that I had undercooked the chicken. So we're all on a journey, finding out in real time if that chicken that I had has salmonella, which is something that is very bad and also very prevalent in New Zealand chickens. Hmm. Well, color me intrigued, Tim. I love that Mm -hmm. you didn't put the chicken on the heat for a little longer. I like that you stuck to your guns. You said, this is how I've cooked the chicken. This is I how I'll eat the chicken. It's this back is how in the my oven now. doctor wife will eat her chicken. So help me God, I will not put it back on the pan. That is a, a man who sticks to his guns. It wasn't even in the, it was in the oven. I really thought I'd done a um, satisfactory job of cooking this chicken. And I tell you what, guy, you, you know me. I know you don't eat chicken, but... I, you probably know this. I don't fuck with chicken. I'm very careful about chicken. Yeah, you are. You take your chicken serious. I take my chicken really fucking seriously. I don't eat a lot of red meat anymore, like barely any at all. But when I do, red meat, man, you can really, you can you can go loose with that. But you don't want to mess with chicken. Not what we're here to talk about. It's been an incredible day um, <laughs> in, in so many ways. But the main way is that for some reason, the two of us have watched We Are Your Friends twice in a fucking row. I can't, I honestly can't fucking believe that we had to do this. Like the gamut of emotions I ran through when you told, like, because I was sort of reading it. I knew that we were um, going to make a recording together and I saw We Are Your Friends 
and I sort of thought, ah, oh, I mean, it's a it's a it's a bit of a long day at work, but I can knock out another. We are your friends. And then when I read the fine print and saw times two, I was like, I was so affronted. I genuinely really feel um, this is unreasonable, but I felt really like attacked and like i did feel like people were trying to kick me um in the guts like while i'm down on the floor i just yeah think, i feel like in terms of double features revisiting uh intellectual property that we've combed through pretty pretty well so far i felt like i'd probably done my penance and i know yeah. that the reason that we've done this is unrelated to the reason i had to watch sex and city 2 twice but i i, I just couldn't fucking believe it you should say it out loud why we did it twice as well. We why someone did gave it, it to us. Because, so, well, first of all, welcome everyone to uh, our the Substack. Substack era. This is the, the age of Substack now for Twiawet. It's a brand new epoch. Am That's I saying right. that right? Epoch. Well, epoch? Well, I, I like the word. I'm not confident enough to use it, but I trust your instincts. So, uh, welcome along, everyone. And this is the, uh, our debut exclusive podcast on the Substack. And this was chosen. Um, by all of the champions who have been with us since our Patreon days. This was the last poll that went through for the Deciders Club on Patreon. And because we'd been distracted, being parents or living through a pandemic or being comedians or whatever it might be, you turkeys thought a really nice way of serving us up some um, rewenge or punishment for our laziness was your classic worst idea double feature. And, I'm um, so into it. I'm all so I can into it. say to those of you who initiated, executed, and planned this is from the very, very bottom of my heart, immense gratitude for subscribing to the podcast and just the heartiest fuck you yeah. for for what you've done. This was an enormous pain in the ass, um, <laughs> both logistically and just sort of emotionally going back to the source material, which we had long ago kissed goodbye. And to do yeah. two helpings in one day was... There's no other word for it. It was just devastatingly fucked. Yeah. I, like, it's, it's, it's just, it's one of those things. And I know we do it to ourselves, but it's, you feel like you're on top of your life, you know? And it might be for maybe, a minute. It might maybe be that's the difference, though, Guy. It, 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 the, the power dynamic has changed a little bit in someone else giving us, we are your friends, two helpings. Yes, you it's know? true. But it's just, it was one of those things where I was like, I'd sort of, so I'm in the midst of doing the um, comedy festival here in Melbourne, having a great time. Uh, and I've been trying to section off my days and, you know, live a health, like relative to doing a comedy festival, live a healthy lifestyle. And I was like, wow, I can't believe I've got all this runway coming up. I thought, oh, I'll do a podcast with Tim. And I just, it's just, it's it's too much food you've served us. I yeah, can't guy, eat two meals. Guy opened up the floodgates here. He said, mate, I've got, because Guy's been bloody flat tack. He's like, I've got, I've got a little bit of time on Tuesday. Um What's what's the what are we doing? What do we need to do? What's the latest Deciders Club thing? I was like, oh, you're not gonna like this. <laughs> <laughs> and you, Tim, I mean, you were um, you were side saddling it with Remy the whole day. Yeah, you put indeed. you put your boy through two a classic film twice. You could say. Well, yeah, he slept through half of the second one, and um, honestly, I'm gonna I'll make him watch that half again because that's unfair. He's he's picked out <laughs> of uh, of his homework, but it was. Yeah, it was crazy. What a crazy amount of time. We're back with the boys. Okay, let's get into it, guys. Let's talk about it. Because let's talk I, about this I had, um I had a fairly different experience from what I remembered of watching the movie. And I charted like what was almost 
an interesting uh, emotional journey. And I thought of you. I th- I knew you were watching with Remy, and I thought of you because I thought this movie is um, it it's close to being something, and it's like an honest yeah. and open love letter towards the folly of youth and the the pleasures and pitfalls of a certain time and a certain place. And I feel as though when we actually last gave this movie a proper going over, Mm. we were both in remarkably different life situations. Like the very idea of you having a baby watch it with you was not unthinkable, but unlikely. And so I just wondered about whether or not you, you felt any, not necessarily resonance, but any like there was any pause for reflection or the movie took you to places that it hadn't before or you didn't see coming. Hmm. Well, there was some stuff I noticed that I hadn't before. Um, I guess I'm not answering your question directly, but I just wanted to bring this up before I forgot it later. Because from memory, in our 50 plus, 52 plus watches of We Are Your Friends, I never dug into the fact that these guys are getting paid only like, I think it was $6 a head, maybe 7 to bring people into the club. <laughs> like, they brought, they brought in... Five, or was it 562? No, 600, 652 heads. Yeah. That's so many people. Like, as a person who, who's been putting on, you know, comedy shows, producing live events for um, a number of years, Jesus Christ, that's so, that's so many people to get into somewhere. And I think they're getting stiffed. No but, wonder they went to work for Gold Star Realty Solutions. Yeah, they're, absol- it's, they're absolutely getting... Um, the the short end of the stick there and it's i mean i just think they do, they don't display a great awareness or intelligence they get they get they got ripped off when they get given their payment for that job they they are frustrated and that is a huge turning point for them and why they why they go and work for um for page dick full of diamonds mouthful of concrete one of the mm-hmm. greats who by the way back to back turned in a couple of outstanding performances honestly when i was watching it it's like First time I was watching the movie again, remembering it. The second time, every time he was on screen, he elevated it. He advertised what it could have been. And to be honest, and I don't want to get into you know being a negative Nancy or critical too early. Where's Bentley? He has his moments, but it's a very patchy performance. Some of his line reads are mm. absolutely. Do like you do you bananas. spin here regularly? It, it just again, again I've forgotten about some of these I lines know. that are just he the can, most. He can only take half the responsibility. That was a placeholder line written in the script, and I they were going to fix but... it before the day, and they didn't. <laughs> and like, you know, it's 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 a bot line. It's not how people talk. Um, because everyone, I mean, look to, to bring you into the fold of our experience. So this is the bit where um, Zuccoli is having a cigarette. He's having a, a spliff, actually. <laughs> Um, it's so funny because it's like it shows both the highs and the lows of the movie this very scene he's in an alleyway and actually I thought when this was playing out today I was like you know what it's not a terrible looking film like it's it, it no, was, it, it was yeah. shot pretty nicely it's kind of pretty and so we've got uh, Zeiss Fron he's out there smoking his spliff and uh, James Reed from the feelers rocks out of the club as portrayed by Wes Bentley they uh, they strike up a conversation and just like do you spin here regular they say the word spin as a verb to denote DJing multiple times in this movie I'm not and never have been like deep into the EDM scene but I've fucking never even brushed up against that as a as a sort of term of art in music yeah spinning you spin here spin you can spin here regularly it's representative of um 
also like regularly is, you would it's never a hard, say it you it's would a never hard say word. that about. so it's, it, you, you, here's the thing about script writing right like screenwriting you got to say this stuff out loud at some point you can't just write it down and hope it's going to work the you word, gotta say yeah, like the word regularly is something that should be avoided in in real life. And if you are manufacturing a conversation for a movie to try and represent how people talk, you have so much opportunity to like handpick perfect words. A DJ who is spiraling, essentially the character of James Reed from The Feelers is a he's a boozer, he's a bit washed out, like. Much and like I, our own beloved he, he James Reed kind of from New Zealand, himself as a quasi-intellectual or someone who knows what's happening, but it's just not—it's not the way people talk. But it does also. This is what I'm saying about the high and the low of the movie encapsulated in one scene. Is it does have the constantly funny laugh out loud moment of uh, Zay Fron having his spliff. He turns to James, who's something of an idol to him as a young DJ, and he says, "You smoking?" He says, "Yes, I do." Takes one draw, realizes tobacco in it, and fucking hiffs it like he's throwing out the first pitch at a Yankees game. Like the funniest way to treat any drug that's offered to you from another person. Yeah. And then, the, oh, I thought where you were going with this is no, this, this, uh, this, and then I've always known this is your favorite. I like the throw. I love you this like the so tag. much. Yeah, a spliff. What are you, French? <laughs> Crestfallen, like a child, innocently revealing a truth to an adult that they didn't know why they're in trouble but they suddenly are in trouble and they have to defend their case this isn't i'm american <laughs> no I'm american i reckon well, I it's one like, of zace fron's best deliveries in the yeah, movie yeah it is it's really really undersold it's really naturalistic i think um somebody's like run out of weed before and he he advertises why he's doing this it's not like it's because there's a he's, there's a scarcity to it for financial or like he's padding out the weed yeah it's for basically financial economics. or ability to locate it reasons in california i can't imagine it's a problem but like so oh. brilliantly disrespectful yeah hey can, can i can i take us into a completely different direction is that okay uh but if can you bookmark us before you do i just want to say the other line the other where's bentley line that stuck out to me so hard in today's screening twice was uh and I'm sure we've gone over this as well, but this is what you fucking get when you ask us to revisit something we've talked about so many times is um, I'm going to go and get an energy drink. Does anybody want anything? It's like, it's exactly the same line of dialogue. It's like, we're just going to write this down now. We'll come back to it and fix it in the morning. And then on the day, and where's Bentley to an extent, I guess is collecting a check where he's like, I'll just read it as it's written. It's just some, well, some absolutely bonkers decisions. That one is even more galling because that one you can tell is in the movie as a, as a placeholder for some product placement. And they were like, okay, are we getting Red Bull or are we getting Monster? But then, and so the negotiations what, are happening and then they kind of forgot to like put in whoever won. And we, we see Red Bull, but yeah. we don't hear it. We do not hear it out it's loud. It's a classic movie rule. It's called Show Don't Tell. And uh, <laughs> even with advertising, these guys execute. So many crazy lines in this movie. One, um, so I didn't take any notes, guy, and I should have, realistically, but I I wanted to vibe it with you. I was going to take notes, I had my phone, and then I was like, I would rather vibe it with guy, but I know that I've forgotten a lot of stuff. But I did write stuff to you in a Facebook thread. But one bit that I know that I wanted to talk about is a theory I've come up with, that there is an alternate way to read this entire film, which is that it is Cole Carter, a.k.a. Zace Fron, um, aka the crying dj himself is just on a journey constantly being poisoned with pcp 
by Sophie, Emily Radishkowski, who, by the way, when they started calling her Sophie in this movie, I was like, I have no memory of that being (laughs) (laughs) i've seen this movie over 50 times and i have no recollection like if someone asked me hey what's emily radishkowski's character called and we are your friends i could not have answered that yesterday (laughs) insane so um because when he's in the um the strip club with uh with wes bentley playing james reed from the feelers make money get turned I like to... That's the song playing in the background, yeah. They're drinking whiskey. Suddenly, Zeisfron is violently ill. It's true. Um, and, uh, and and starts throwing up in a toilet. And then uh, Wes Bentley, who is a far smaller man in stature than Zach, Zach Efron's... Even when he's not like on Baywatch, he's still just... A, he's a jacked kind of a dude. Yeah, he is. And he throws, Wes Bentley manages to like throw him over his shoulder in like a judo throw so easily. I'm like, that guy's on PCP again. He's been what? poisoned. And the other time was when Sophie, Emily Radzikowski, this is like earlier in the film, so I probably should have led with this chronologically, uh, when uh, Zaccoli, he's gone to apologize, right? to james reed because he brought his friend his friends were coming around to pick him up they decided to join the house party that he was djing at james reed's house and um jarhead gets jarhead does what jarhead's gonna do and that's getting a fucking fight he gets in an argument about the the various qualities of sushi in different pockets of los angeles which by the way that argument today was so funny to me (laughs) jarhead just inserts himself (laughs) <laughs> into the conversation where two people are flirting at a party. It's like, fuck, did you guys want to know something about sushi? The best sushi is in the valley, which is something that could not possibly be true. It is one of those facts that on its face is just a complete fallacy. Like there's no logic to I, that. I, I thought that too. There was so much about that scene to enjoy. Like it was, <laughs> I really luxuriated in his... The way he inserts himself. Because he, he delivers a few pretty bonkers line reads as well, but it feels consistent with the character who is this... He's quite um, an off-balance, potentially... He's an unhinged kind of guy. Yeah. And uh, he just felt so young to me when he inserts himself into that conversation. Like, oh, you poor young boy. <laughs> like, you're out, of your, you're out of your depth and you're forcing your way in. And then when it doesn't immediately go exactly how you want, which is like inserting yourself in a flirtatious conversation to tell people where you think the best sushi is. <laughs> which is like also wrong. Not true because you've only eaten sushi in one place. And then not getting the response you want is, oh, it's, it's like, it was a, it's a... There are some nuggets of enjoyment to be gained. I don't think this is necessarily a good scene, but just like yeah, uh, yeah, it's and that's probably value in the repetitious nature of how we've engaged with the movie. But I'm it's sorry, I, I've gotten distracted. Continue no, no, with your thought. No, please. no, no. This is all good context. Just so the PCP theory that this movie is just a transpiring of events where Cole gets PCP'd by uh, James Reed and Sophie over and over again. So at the start of this party, this is the scene where. Uh, the crying DJ explains to Sophie and us, the audience, that if you can hit an audience with any track that's 128 BPM, you physically control what their bodies do, like a Geppetto DJ. Yeah. And um, she, before he makes that speech, which then gets underscored with a lot of like animation and, and cutaways, like historic footage and stuff to explain his point, um, he goes, what is that, rosé to her drink? And she goes, try it. Now, we never see Sophie drink that. 
we see her hold it. We never see her drink it. Mm. And she makes Cole drink it, and then Cole drinks it, and then uh, she says that it's cranberry juice in soda water to give the appearance of rosé, but with no alcohol content. What she failed to mention, there was fucking PCP in there. Because as soon as he drinks it, he goes on a fucking tirade about how you can control people's (laughs) physical forms if you chuck on a track that's 128 BPM. And by the way, in the version that I watched today, because I looked absolutely everywhere to pay for this movie fucking apple google youtube uh neon stuff i subscribe to neon netflix disney play it wasn't available for me to watch in god's own new zealand aotearoa for love nor money so i had to torrent this thing there i said it and for some reason the entire movie was in english but every piece of text on screen was in german We've so that across, scene was crazy. We've come across that before. That is it. That I I really like your theory. I like this. Um, and it's it's again, it's it's not available to everyone. You have to know what to look for. And obviously, it, it goes without saying that one of the first scenes where Zakoli, after the spliff is thrown away, is out with James Reed from the Feelers. Uh, James Reed poisons him very confidently with PCP. They show up to a party, and he's like, "I feel different." And James Reed's like, "Yeah, because I gave him PCP." PCP. So and they have all the animation stuff. So it's like it, a visual language is established there. Exactly. The Fool me once, shame on you. And then I guess the saying is, uh, but if I give you PCP a second time, you're not getting a heads up. And it's yeah. like it's they're manipulating his reality. Uh, the, the rundown of music, it does have the feeling of, you know, if you've ever done psychedelics and it's like, I know, I know what I can say. And you start talking and then like, you're not quite sure how to present it the way that you normally present information and conversation. So you're just kind of like, well, I can either sort of half-ass this or just follow whatever it is I've opened up and run with it. And that's just a man running full speed ahead with an idea. And it's like, it's crazy. The way he is referencing stuff and like the, the musical run through he gives you, cause he talks about other genres and their BPMs. Your voice, your voice had a great, you've, I mean, it was nice there was a nice nostalgia in remembering the moments I honestly most remember the moments you enjoyed and I know that you love when he talks about hardcore there's a guy in the background pumping a stick or a metal pole <laughs> yeah. you've always been a big fan of that you've always thought the way they throw a house under the bus is really funny yeah. what I was fixated on was like this guy's talking about musical genres and he's talking about reggae and he's like reggae is slow and they play what is a pretty banging reggae song but the visual accompaniment is like so far from being in any sort of traditional association with reggae, which is this supports the PCP theory. It's like 12 teenagers from a high school dance squad who are in like sort of athlete, like un- uncool athleisure wear doing like a smoke free stage challenge or like some sort of high school talent quit level dance to, to reggae. Like I just, I cannot see where they got it from. Yeah, I mean, it's not hard to have a visual depiction of reggae because it's so heavily associated with the country of Jamaica. And I'll tell you what, these motherfuckers are not from Jamaica. Absolutely not, yeah. And then obviously there's your house music, which is just, um, it is a very, very derisive glance (laughs) at house music, which is a great genre of music and also so influential in the world of EDM. 
what it is is it's what happens when you go to like a, a, a club that's playing house music at two in the morning and everyone's on it and suddenly you turn the lights on and you see everyone <laughs> like that's what we're seeing in that clip and it's not a, it's not a good picture just human cockroaches scurrying away well, yeah, from the light everyone in the everyone in the frame has noticed that the lights have been turned on except for one woman at the back of the room who's obviously got her eyes closed and is still very much in the pocket it doesn't help also- that from memory she is a white woman with dreads as well you are totally on the money probably should have been in the dreadlock montage i i i just think like this this comes back again to a a point i was opening up about the way that they say do you spin here regularly or like Mm. they chose because it is the movie is a representation or it's a communication about like it's about youth it's about growing up it's about realizing that the value of protecting your lifestyle as a young person like expires at some point when you have to to, t- to look at the totality of your life and kind of make a decision about the direction you want to go on and whether or not, you know, basically this movie, the journey that these main characters, the core four, the mad lads, the bad boys of the San Fernando Valley are on is one of growth. And it's like, it, it's, a trans- it's a story as old as time. It's coming of age. It's a tra- transition from young ad- adulthood to like personal responsibility and total adulthood. Well, except for Squirrel. Except for Squirrel who dies. It was fucking harrowing watching him they, die and, twice yeah. in a day. <laughs> Tell yeah. you that. It's really important he dies because what they've got, he dies like an hour into the movie. It's like they've made a movie for an hour. They run out of steam on that story. So they go over, they pick something else up, squirrel, they kill him. And then they're like, okay, how does this affect the movie we were making? And then they come back to the movie and finish <laughs> doing it. But the thing I'm saying is like the story, it's, 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 it's about personal growth or like, you know, it's about young adulthood and, and, and that stuff. And then the, the, the lens or the focal point of the movie, the, 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 prism through which they're looking at it is electronic dance music and DJing but they haven't spent enough time in the world to do it in a convincing way at all like all of the details of the way a song is made all of the details of the music festival the way that the professional DJs talk about their work to each other are just like they're not they're not it's not remotely rooted or immersive okay this is interesting. Let me let me offer um, like hypothetical pushback on this. Please, sort of hypothetical devil's advocate, because you know, in Friends, right? Like it's a it's a um, I think very fine but common observation that no one's doing any work in that show. No one's going to Chandler occasionally references his work, but like no one's doing. Oh, I guess Rachel waitresses sometimes when they're in the coffee shop, but is it, is, is it very much in the background? Ninety nine percent of the time these adults are not doing any work in the show. Yeah. It's like, when are they working? It's like, well, would that be a better show if we if we saw them working? Would it be a better movie if, if, if we spent time in the intricacies of creating okay. an electronic track? Here's, here's the answer, Tim. Do I want to see a guy operating on Fruity Loops on a no, Mac? The- the uh, the answer to that is no. Like if it, what I'm what the movie lacks is not more time spent, you know, creating a, an accurate representation of this stuff. But it's like it the the other parts of it, the parts about the growth and the friendships and the romantic romantic entanglement and stuff. Like the the difference with friends is that you don't notice that, and the difference with this is like th- this is the the coating in which they they're carrying the story. Yeah, true. and it is it's. It's distractingly not inaccurate, but like thin, yeah, threadbare. Mm. Like I, I just cannot get over it. The whole movie's built into this final song that he and <laughs> look, I've written jokes in a day. I get it. Some of the best <laughs> jokes I've written have happened in a day. But like he throws yeah. together from phone recordings and he shows up to this gig 
there, there's like you've got one job to represent a music festival accurately, and they do a pretty good job of it in Las Vegas. But when he shows up, no music is playing. Everyone is in the car park looking at the stage. Like, it's not like they're even restlessly talking to each other or getting annoyed that the music festival has been badly programmed. I can't see anywhere to buy food or drinks. I don't know where the portaloos are. You've got 5,000 people standing silently facing a stage, and he walks out there. He's got a plug in his own laptop. He's got a plug in his own charger. He's yeah. got two in front of everyone who are waiting for music to be played, set up the entire kit. And it's funny, I, we've talked about it before, but it's just we like... Have- but 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 this is it's so hard to get over it because I feel like I know what they were trying to do, which is manufacture a moment of tension where time slows down and everyone's yeah. not quite sure what's going to happen next. You can fucking do that like more eloquently in the context of a music festival, which isn't Zace Fron carrying his fucking laptop with him, making well, his way to a stage that is dead silent in front of... Everyone's there. Everyone's been having a good time through the afternoon. And you're telling me that when the last act stops, they just they just cut off all sound on the PA? And the, the audience of the movie technically are meant to be the audience of people who would go to these. And so for them to see that would be so, like, jarring and pull you out of the world that they've tried so hard to build because it's like, this is not even approximate... To what we do or what our lifestyle is it's like it's not it's not an especially entertaining observation but it's like it's part of the imbalance of this movie where i was like hey there were guess what fuckos sometimes if you make us watch we are your friends twice we're not gonna be the funniest dudes in the no, world yeah, we're just gonna, we're gonna reflect to you our apart. honest experience yeah. it's just i i really this this time i think because life marches on and we're, we're, we're doing our things and we're in different stages I really appreciated the effort to make a meditation on this part of life for this these types of you know these types of um, people. Even though they're, they're your number four fuck boys, I still like I enjoy the the attempt to distill what it is to transition from early adulthood to being a full blown adult. And so I think the parts that they got wrong, especially the second time I had to fucking sit through it again, I was like. You were not miles away. Perhaps this <laughs> yeah, is yeah, not yeah. Maximum Joseph's yeah. magnum opus. Perhaps his magnum opus is around the corner. Yeah, I th- yeah, you could be right on that. The vi- like you see, the vis- visually, it's a good-looking movie. All those yeah. PCP scenes where it's like they introduce external animation, those are like Adam McKay. I know he would have done it first, but like they're, they're from exactly the same school of movie making. It's like... Here's a here's a distilled explanation of it, and Adam McKay does it. He doesn't qualify it the way that Maximum Joseph does, which is that one of his main characters is secretly tripping out on PCP the whole time. Yeah, that's a really good point. So the equivalent in this movie of Margot Robbie explaining what does she explain like fractional banking or something? So, yeah, um, is is <laughs> Zaysfron taking a sip of PCP and being like, right. Here's what the different genres are. Here's the, how they relate to human biology. Which yeah. is, when you say that out loud, such a cool speech to give at an afternoon party while you're behind the decks. Be like, yeah. right, actually, I have comprised in my head over the months I've been DJing a, uh, a very strong and complicated theory of how different musical genres relate to the human anatomy and how to manipulate humans using sonic forces, specifically beats per minute let me tell you about it the the fucking thing that got me about that sequence this time around was <laughs> how much it does reflect a google image search because there's like he says the words fuck this always has stuck out to me and it will never not if you guys make me watch it again i'm going to bring this up again because i'll notice it again good on you says, brother there is a popular myth 
that 128 beats per minute uh i can't remember the verb like synergizes with the human heart and if you can if you can lock that in then you've got them under your control and (laughs) first of all he says popular myth which means it's not fucking true it's a piece of information people are circulating it's not true but then bounces through the speech with that as a foundational understanding of something. It's like, you've just told me there is a well-known lie about this thing. Then you're like, so therefore, blah, 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 blah. It's like, no, hold on. You told me it was a lie. But when he says the word myth, there's just a fucking flash of Zeus there. And it's literally like someone's going, okay, fuck, myth. What's a myth? Myth. Okay, Greek mythology. Zeus. Okay, cool. Put that in the movie. <laughs> so yeah. like every word that he says, they've punched into Google Image Search and just smashed that into a monster. It's, it's, it's the same. It's first crack. It's first crack of everything. <laughs> I, uh, I. There's a few other things I, I wanna I wanna discuss with you, Tim, because there's some other stuff that I stuck out. And watching it again, it was that same nostalgia. I was like Tim will be enjoying this because you know we watched it apart. We're in different countries, even, which is new. Yeah, for the podcast. We're the last separated few years. by the Great Tasman Sea. But um, the cake scene—you've always had a special place in your heart for the cake scene. How do you These find are all it? Things I thought it? we both enjoyed. <laughs> is this just stuff that I got off on? I think I I like it. I mean, I like it too. But yeah, I think you are. I think you you like you love this stuff. To my yeah, memory, anyway. Yeah, yeah, you're not wrong, man. I loved it. I loved it both times today. The cake scene. What's crazy about this scene, guy, is the following. Zach Efron has been stationed at their house in their kitchen. He apparently has a key. <laughs> so he just goes over there. He's making a track. Sophie and James Reed from The Feelers come home from a dinner. James Reed is shit-faced and is going off about how uh, the entire hospitality industry of Los Angeles is staffed by aspiring actors who couldn't give a rat's about doing their their current job, which is waiting on him. And uh, it's like they present a sequence of events in this kind of mini argument that's going on. Like he has forgotten that it's his birthday today yeah. because he opens the fridge and there's a birthday cake that Sophie put in there. And he's like, oh, oh, it's my birthday. <laughs> Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com acast, and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com acast. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. 
J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Like, did you fucking forget? Because presumably that's why you went out in the first place. You went out to, to dinner because it's your birthday today. Zayfron doesn't dinner. know it's his birthday, and you'd assume he'd be in the loop. Now, his line read on Happy Birthday, dude, one of the top five in the movie. And th- there's some greats. But yeah, I, I just, while we are giving credit to line reads, there's one that I would be remiss not to mention, which is um, whatever knockoff Johnny Depp uh, on the way to the music festival in Las Vegas and he's talking about all the drugs he's got and he lists all the drugs and then he just looks out the window and he's like I fucking love music festivals <laughs> hey, let me ask you about Johnny Depp dime store Johnny Depp in this movie I don't think we've ever talked about him too much he's what's not, your vibe what's your, what's your read on him he's not given heaps man he's no. um in the movie technically an aspiring actor has a connection to this uh, page Dick Floyd Diamond's Mouthful of Concrete Real Estate Grifter uh, and that's his in and I feel like we get a glimpse of his dad when he goes to the club on the first opening montage he says see you pops or something he says see you oh, later and there's like an older man in an apartment and so you get the sense maybe his morality lies in looking after a parent but other than that he appears to just be like he's a full-blown drug dealer as well he's the only one of the four that you would describe yeah. as like a the, full-on proper drug dealer the assumption I have about him is that he's probably has had or has a hard life and is looking for an out like after squirrel's funeral when they're all taking pot shots at each other and he's saying um pages said you know sorry that your friend died and everyone's like page kind of sucks and he's like well page sucks but like i'm not going to make it as an actor i don't want to be a drug dealer this is the only thing i have it's mm. he's he's just it's kind of it's boring it's like that's his that is that is all he has. He's, it's he's, sad though, man. Those. But yeah, I I've had friends who have kind of gone down I know, that path. I, it's a sad is, thing to watch. That's where some of the resonance I was feeling today is, which is like, look, you know, this is a this is a really challenging moment in a young person's life between like, you know, your dreams dreams become extinguished, and you can hold out for longer and hope for the best like to make it in anything really especially outside of traditional job structures you need a huge amount of resilience and luck and if you don't if you're short on either of them it's going to be a, a hard time and that's mm. i think that the the path that he's charting um and I, look i i'm just i'm i'm weary of time and i know that I, we didn't get too in depth into him but there's one big question i had that i couldn't figure out during this movie that i want you to help me with um we haven't been talking that long this we is haven't. our podcast. We get to determine I know, the duration. I know. But I just, I, again, you know, there's certain things I want to bring up uh, and I, I'd be frustrated to, to not take the opportunity. But so there's a scene in uh, Las Vegas where it looks like uh, Sophie and Zaysfron are about to have sex, but we never find out if they do. Um it's like they build right up to the moment, and then it's really hard to tell. I recently uh, saw the clip of um, what's his name, Paul Rudd. Yes, going on Conan's podcast, pulling this kind of shit. 
What kind I feel of like shit? that is some sort of inspiration for you reopening this vein. What you're talking about? Because later on, again, we see the conflict between James Reed from the Fellas and Zaysfron, and he says he asks him point blank. He says, "Did you fuck her?" And Zaysfron, I'm so I'm so t- I can't tell you how internally torn I am on whether or not to engage in this. Well, he doesn't say anything. I don't think he I've just, been more conflicted this year. He just takes it on year. the ch- He doesn't admit or deny it. So there's no actual way of knowing what the relationship is within the movie. Guy, I'm furious, and I'm holding it all inside. I'm so angry you've brought this up. You don't want to Again. let it out? No, I mean, if, I if you've got information I don't, if you could see it the record straight, it would make a big difference to me because I kind of left watching it twice a little bit confused. I feel like... <laughs> this is not a line that I've used often and I don't think I will use often and I, I I would not like to be one of those people who sort of leans on this as a crutch. But as a father, I feel like I have gained a renewed ability to be able to kind of uh, insulate myself from a situation of, of losing my head and just kind of s- separate myself emotionally so I don't get too frustrated with a scenario and... Um, react in a way that would be bad for the situational mm-hmm. people around me. And so what I'm going to choose to do is bottle this up okay. and suppress it. Sounds sounds pretty healthy. So you yeah, you agree so that it's it's not it's not clear um I I absolutely do not agree with you. Oh, I cannot you, make that you, more clear. What do you think happens? I think some filmmaking has happened, guy. Well, and I think to retain its M rating, they did not have to show us Zach Efron's penis entering Emily Redichkowski's vagina on screen for us to know what has happened in the story. It's one of those, it's like a nice little mystery they left it for us. It absolutely isn't. It's the opposite of a mystery. Yeah. They, they, they explain everything that's happened. It's right there for anyone it's to another see. Another example of the movie coming so close to, you know, to achieving something or telling us something and then sort of not being able to quite finish it, finish it off. Couldn't disagree more. <laughs> I'm so angry. <laughs> I can't think about anything else. <laughs> oh. You see you a sequel any... for this movie? Is there what? Could you see a sequel for this film? We were your friends. Uh... <laughs> or we'll be your friends. <laughs> We are some more of your friends. I, the, the, none of them, none of them really justify uh, more time in their cup. Like it's, you, Do you know, know what I would want to see. Well, what? I wouldn't want to see it. But if I was to, if this, if for some weird reason, if this movie was a um, was a box office hit, a prequel, <laughs> like show, showing them two years before the events of this, because they're already kind of muckrakers like bottom feeders when the movie begins but to see an even like maybe them in their senior year of high school well i but see that that to me is like because this is probably the underlying thing i forgot to bring this up this i was messaging you about this this infuriated me and i'd forgotten about this why do they keep bringing up cole's parents and then not tell us what happened hmm both it's, the mother and the father are alluded to in separate occasions in these mysterious forlorn terms, and we never get resolution on it. You don't need to tell me twice. This is the parenting equivalent in the movie of whether or not Zaysfron and Sophie had sex. It's like they come right to the edge. They, once he says, my mum taught piano, does she still teach? James Reed, yes. Is the, the, is she, does she still teach? 
Says, and what is uh, maybe? Is the maybe, answer. yeah. And then he references his dad's name, Richard. Like, it's just. I, I it's guess not it, only that though, because I'm going to just blow past what you're trying to do. I'm not on the to call to Tanya Ramiro, uh, whose house is being foreclosed on, and uh, the dastardly page is about to buy it from under her for twenty thousand dollars, despite the fact that it's worth three hundred and fifty, maybe according to Page, four hundred thousand um, uh, dollars. Where was I going with that? You're, you're talking about him saying Richard. Yes. Here's the kid in the background, and he says, oh, I think he says Richard was my father's name as well, right? What did he say? That's He's like, stop It's Richard's no, He doesn't use oh, past that, tense, I think. That's funny. <laughs> Richard was my dad's name. Yeah. It's like, well, okay, no, clearly we're you, coming back to I, this. I just have to insert myself. He doesn't Check say was. Orphan. Because, because if he said was, at least we get some understanding about the character. His dad's true. dead. He said Richard is my dad's name. Which yeah, is true, like, true. Okay, both your parents are alive. Something's obviously happened. You live with Jarhead. Yeah. You talk about your parents. You don't but- know what your mum's currently doing for a job. Like, which, just fucking resolve it, movie. Tell don't, us. Yeah, yeah. Don't be such a fucking tease, you movie. Don't be so coy. Such, don't a, be so such coy. a teasy movie. Tim, did you have something that was akin to a shining light in this double feature? Mm, yeah, I texted it to you. What was it? Oh, I can- Soundproof the walls. I didn't even look it up. It just it came Another to me Another iconic line read. Jarhead, bring the boys into an apartment that he secretly has already rented, already gotten the keys for, already signed the paperwork, and they don't know yet. And he's taking them through, giving them the good real estate sell on all the fantastic features of this new humble abode for our Fantastic Four. And uh, just slaps the walls like a used car salesman on a 1985 Toyota Corolla. Just to soundproof the walls. And it's such a great line read. I yeah. fucking love it. It's outstanding. Uh, mine is, it's actually, it's it might be unbecoming of a gentleman for this to be mine. But the second time I was watching the um, the PCP explanation of the function of music, uh, there's like all these overlays. There's this he's like the people are starting to dance and um there's this guy who's wearing sunglasses and a fedora and like a sink like some sort of venice beach uh like a muscle singlet top? dispenser yeah which got like a it's like got you know the sky and a, and water printed on it and it says like probably miami or something and you see sort of like his heart beating when colson went his heart you see like a slight overlay or in inner lay i guess of like his heart and how it links up to everything and then it's like, oh, that's nice that I did that. And then again, like that's not the only time these are. They do that to open the open the door to then exploiting a huge part of, I imagine, why they wanted Emily Radzikowski to play Sophie, because later on they talk about the heart again. And this time it's her heart. And they just find like an opportunity to put a cat. Like it's just, it's such transparent, outstanding, Maximum Joseph movie making where he's like, and now... With everyone's permission, and because of the this chest. brilliant device I've set up, I'm going to put a camera right on her norks while she's mm. dancing. And I just yeah. thought I could see the methodology. I could see the whole moment. And I thought, Maximum Joseph, you dirty <laughs> dog. You've done it again. This is the second time today. <laughs> Emily Radijkowski's chest was your shining light of the entire film. I, who's, I who's, who's really at fault here? Well, I still think Max from Joseph for not resolving that sex question. You would say that, wouldn't you? I would. That, I believe, will bring us to the close of this revisiting 
thanks to you, our financial backers, as some sort of penance um, for being naughty boys who have been a little bit slovenly, a little bit, um, what do they say in America? Uh, tardy. Yeah, with they our, say tardy. With our supporter Deciders Club watchers, and rightly so. And you want to know what? It was a massive pain in the ass. Fucking hated watching the movie twice today, but I applaud the decision. Yeah. I welcome the punishment. I uh, this is a, what the worst idea of all time is all about. This is the DNA of the show we have made. On a different day, at a different period in my in my life or year, I even guess or month, um, I probably would have been able to laugh alongside you at the decision you made for us. Uh, and the fact I couldn't is actually a testament to the, the power of the decision. And <laughs> you are in a different boat. Yeah. You are within striking distance of having done this solo yeah. with Sex in the City too. So I feel like we are in different, slightly different but, situations. I mean, all, all that to say, like, I sort of, the, the worst part of me admires the ruthless edge shown by doling out this punishment to us. I hope you've enjoyed our analysis. Um, you know, I, I hope I hope against hope that the next time you make a decision for us, you will do it with some mercy and kindness in your heart. Uh, and I, I thank you, and I thank you, Tim. I thank Max from Joseph. I thank all of the stars of the movie. And um, I'd also like to say thank you to anyone who's in Melbourne who's come to my show. Uh, we've had a lot, I've had a lot of Worst Idea fans come through, and some of them have been generous enough to share some uh, very thoughtful, customized um, gifts. And I just want to say, you know, every time uh, someone from the podcast comes up and says, you know, I like the podcast, uh, it, it, it's, it really means a lot. So thank you for coming to the show. Thank you for subscribing. Fuck you for doing this to us. <laughs> Uh, I hope you're enjoying your time on Substack because I am not. <laughs> it's the DJ's job to get the crowd out of their heads and into their bodies. I like to start them off at about 125 beats per minute. Once you've locked onto their heart rate, you start bringing them up song by song. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.